0: Hello, and welcome to a special commemorative Cloyster Bell podcast where today we remember Terence Dix, who sadly passed away recently on Thursday the 29th of August 2019, aged 84. (laughs) Terence Dix was born in 1935 and educated at Cambridge where he read English and later served two years of national service. Leaving the army, he worked in advertising as a copywriter for about five years before transferring his skills as a writer to radio, then later television, writing first for Crossroads and The Avengers. In 1968, he was hired as assistant script editor for Doctor Who before finally being appointed as script editor the following year. During this very busy period, and difficult one at that, in the show's history, he successfully secured a number of stories, completed scripts, and co-wrote the epic ten-part adventure of The War Games with Malcolm Hulk, seeing the departure of Patrick Troughton. He would go on, alongside producer Barry Letts, to create the most successful period of the show with John Pertwee playing the Doctor. It was during this period, in 1973, when he was approached by Richard Henwood of Target Books to adapt some of the Doctor Who serials he was then overseeing. This was the beginning of Terence Dix's occupation as an author, which would prove to be extremely prolific. He would not only go on to write many Doctor Who novelisations, but also original novels for both Virgin Publishing and BBC Books. These include Time Worm Exodus, Blood Harvest, Endgame, Made of Steel, to name just a few. Not only writing for Doctor Who, his other television work included co-creating and writing the cult science fiction series Moonbase 3. As well as writing for Space 1999, he was also responsible for working on the incredibly successful and critically acclaimed Sunday classics of period drama and literary adaptations the BBC produced during the 1980s, before overseeing them as producer himself with the likes of Oliver Twist, David Copperfield, Vanity Fair and The Diary of Anne Frank. Continuing to write Doctor Who books for Target led to writing more successful titles. In May 1978, he began a series of adventure books featuring the Baker Street Irregulars – Dan, Jeff, Liz and Mickey – children of the late twentieth century who battle criminals with the wit and ingenuity of Sherlock Holmes. This series would continue into the 1980s, where he also wrote a series of six original horror novels for children centred on vampires. A number of other series followed, as well as a period of books for very young readers – T.R. Bear – being one such example, a walking, talking teddy bear from America, which made his debut in 1985, published in both the UK and the USA. This was followed by the Sally Ann series and Magnificent Max. This style of writing continued well into the following decade, as well as a number of children's science fiction series. One such example is The Changing Universe, published between 1998 and 2000, which told the adventures of cousins Tom and Sarah Martin, living in 2015, who get transported to alternative realities, which include an England ruled by Nazis, and another which sees a environmentally damaged England largely submerged under water. He also found time to write non-fiction books for children, including Europe United, A Riot of Writers, and Upro in the House, which provided, respectively, a potted history of the then EEC, as well as interesting facts of the member countries, a look at the history of English literature, and a humorous look at British politics over the then 700 years. All of this doesn't even begin to scratch the surface of how prolific a writer Terence Dix was. Nor does it really hint at the significant influence he had on his readers over the years, which continues to this day, and will naturally continue to carry on for countless years. Despite this incredible body of work, it will be his time on Doctor Who he will be fondly remembered for. Paul Cornell once said of Terence that he was Doctor Who, and given not only the quality of his writing, but the incredible imagination he had, the impact Terence had on the programme was immense. If it wasn't for him, the show would be completely different, and not for the better. It was Terence who secured the show's success by either commissioning and editing scripts such as Spearhead from Space, The Close of Axos, The Three Doctors and the Sea Devils, but also penning classics such as Robot, Horror of Fang Rock, and The Five Doctors. He also created the Time Lords, co-created the Master, and gave us wonderful quotable lines in his books, such as a wheezing groaning sound and pleasant open face. We as fans of Doctor Who instantly know what these describe. Terence Dix frequently joked that his inspiration for writing and script editing Doctor Who was to make sure the test card didn't go out. A nice little self-deprecating joke, but as pointed out in a recent issue of Doctor Who magazine, these sort of things can stick, especially when repeated often. And truth be told, you can't be a successful writer, as Terence Dix was, unless you love the profession, are damn good at it, have a brilliant imagination, and provide thoughtful, engaging, and inspiring work. And Terence certainly did that. He not only provided superb stories, but he inspired many. His legacy is a delightful and rich one. Neil Gaiman tweeted, I remember reading his and Malcolm Hulks' book, The Making of Doctor Who, when I was 11 or 12, and deciding that, then, I would one day write an episode of Doctor Who because they had shown me how. Rest in peace, Terrence Dicks. But I feel it's Mark Gatiss who sums it up for everyone. When he said, Very hard to express what Terence Dick's meant to a whole generation. A brilliant TV professional, a funny and generous soul. Most of all though, an inspirational writer who took so many of us on unforgettable journeys into space and time. Bless you, Terence. He will of course be sadly missed by those closest to him, his family and friends, but we as fans can also moan the loss of an obviously decent man with a wonderful talent. His legacy as a writer will live on. Rest in peace, Terence Dix.
1: Barry and I played good cop and bad cop over the, <laughs> over the years. and But we're total opposites, you see. I mean, Barry is the nicest, kindest, gentlest, sweetest man you could ever meet. I've never met anybody who didn't like Barry. You, you know, you talk to somebody who knew him as well and say, oh, but you know, Barry, yes, what a... What a lovely chap, they'd say, you see. I am basically not like that, you know. I mean, um, I, I I tend to be a bit irascible and uh, can be a bit difficult sometimes, you see. I mean, um, Barry, bless him, put up with me, you know. I mean, um, though we would mostly get on very well, but that was more to Barry's credit than it was to mine because he was very patient and tolerant, you know, and um, he, he put up with me very well. And the other thing was, and this was... Um, Immensely important. In the Brian and show uh, show in times, I was like the dog's body, you know. Junior assistant script editor, go away and fix this script, which we've cocked up, we're off to the bar, kind of thing, see. Barry always treated me as an equal. The other thing I used to say to Barry, you know, they say, you shouldn't have too talented an assistant because he'll be after your job. And I'd say to him, you're really lucky because the one thing I don't want, (laughs) is your job, you see, because it was um, serious, grown-up hard work, you know. I mean, like Barry, I became a producer reluctantly many, many, many years later, but uh, I never wanted to produce who. And, uh, you know, I always used to to say the good thing about my job is I've got Barry Letts to do the difficult bits, you see. But he he would draw me into the production process. He would occasionally send me off for instance, you know, when we were doing a fo- photo shoot for the front cover of the Radio Times, Barry couldn't make it, so he sent me off to be in charge of it, things like that. And as I say, he always said we, and Terence and I, and I think he saw us as, as a double act, you know. He used to say we were the guy in uh, Hitchhiker's Guide, a two-headed beeble box, you see. We, we were two heads in uh, one be.